Well, hello everyone. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, I have the name written down because I always forget what it is in between episodes. That's a good strategy. This is, this, this is the Space Biff Book Space podcast. And it has been a lockdown week. Yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah. Um, I'm Somerset. Winter's Dash Thoreau. I'm here with Dan and Brock. And yeah, we're here to talk. Us. We're here to talk about mind management. Oh. The best volume okay. one. No, I've been saying mind movement. Is that not right? It's I not mind movement. I thought it was mind MGMT. Oh. Hmm. We huh. might have to get some clarification. I'll have to rewrite some jokes because a lot of them, uh, you know, uh, depend on rhyming with movement. So <laughs> I understand there are a number of Inuit words that rhyme with movement. <laughs> that, that's where I got most of them. I had I did have to get the rhyming dictionary. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's rate this book. Um, yeah, let's I'll go do. first. I'll go okay. first this okay. time. Thumbs up. Memorable. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Thank you. I would give it a mesmerizing thumbs up. Ooh. Oh, also. Nice. Oh, wait. Would I? Interesting. <laughs> hmm. How about, how about you, you already forgotten? <laughs> I, well, I would give it a tedious thumbs down. Ooh. Interesting. Maybe yeah. that's why it's taken you know? us so long to get together. And I would give it a mesmerizing <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to some wrong spoilers. Brock, take it away. Let's do. Oh, boy. I felt, I felt such anxiety about my thumb rating <laughs> that I just couldn't, I couldn't feel inspiration <laughs> to write jokes about it. Uh, so I've got a couple, uh, a couple of wrong spoilers here. Uh, the rest of this episode will be done using mind blasts TM <laughs> instead of speaking. Ooh. Uh, finally, a book that's relatable to someone like me. I also constantly worry that the people around me only like me because of my awesome brain powers. It's a lonely <laughs> existence. Uh, and those are, those are my wrong spoilers. Nice. <laughs> Brock, thank you for those 45 wrong spoilers. <laughs> yes, it was an exhaustive list of redacted wrong spoilers. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's hear this synopsis. Now, what in the world happened in this book? What, now, what book? What book is it again? We are. We read a book. <laughs> we were all sent a pamphlet by, uh, thanks to the Western Union, called Mind MGMT, written by someone named Agent Matt Kent. And I have prepared a Mind MGMT Executive synopsis managed and compiled and redacted by Dan Thoreau. <laughs> Very nice. Hama amanuensis. Oh, I don't know that word. What but does that mean? I'm on board. I see, I've seen it, but what is it? Or pe heard people say it. What does that actually mean? It basically means secretary. Oh, oh okay. Like the, the person who writes things for you while you dictate. They're your amanuensis. Like a scribe? Yeah. Cool. All right. I approve. <clears throat> You wake up with sand in your underpants. <laughs> Sounds uncomfortable. Okay. You smell of the sea. A sunburn scorches your shoulders and face. You call your literary agent, who's all, Maru, where have you been for the last five years? You're all, just another day as a shut-in true crime writer. I think I should write a book about the mysterious flight from Zanzibar that went missing and everybody aboard lost their memories. Nothing serendipitous or coincidental about that thought. 
Your agent is all, no, really, Maru, you've been missing for years. Every so often you call me out of the blue. Tell me you're going to write this book and then disappear for another nine months. You're all, good chat, gotta run. If I don't write about the amnesia flight, nobody will. As you hang up the phone, your agent goes, actually, a whole bunch of people have written about it. It's been a fault. Click. (laughs) As you leave your apartment, a courier passes in the hall. When you say hello, he seems unnerved that you noticed him. You watch as he places a ticking package on your welcome mat. Oh, well, you're running behind. (laughs) 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 On the street, a man who appears half teddy bear intercepts you. He's all, Maru, my name is Harry. You're all, that's a little on the nose. (laughs) He's all, listen, you want the truth of the amnesia flight? You're all, hot dog. Being a true crime writer is super easy. (laughs) (laughs) He's all, the truth is that you were on that flight. The truth is that your mind was also erased. The truth is that you brush another cup of sand from your unshaven sunburned pits and cut them (laughs) off. (laughs) Listen, Beardy, nobody's erasing my memory. I'm a professional true crime writer. I have a system of mnemonic cues, a day calendar, and the world's robustest filing system. (laughs) Anybody erases these memories, I would know within seconds. Now dish the tea on the soap. What happened on Flight 69? (laughs) Area's all, oh, okay, come with me. Someone's trying to kill you and there's something you need to see. (laughs) He takes you to visit Don Draper from Mad Men. <laughs> Ever since he released the I Want to Buy the World a Coke commercial, his powers of suggestion have enhanced from the psychosexual to the psycho everything. <laughs> he now uses his advertisements to subliminally encourage anti communist coups, pro capitalist coups, and for everyone in the first world to somehow buy into the belief that the only reason communism failed is because it's inherently an inferior economic system and not because it keeps getting cooed by the CIA. (laughs) Don Draper is all, uh aha, a sexually adequate female. Observe my square jaw, both baby ass smooth and bestowed with the faintest hint of a five o'clock shadow at the same time. (laughs) Observe how I hook my thumb suggestively through my belt in a primate ritual of sexual advance. (laughs) I'm happily married, but that only heightens the danger of your attraction. Let us mate. (laughs) You're all, dude, I'm just here for info. This sends Don Draper into a panic. How is this possible? Nobody has overcome my powers. Nobody. An assassin shoots him. The price of failure. (laughs) Harry explains everything, leaving out absolutely nothing. The entire world was formerly run by a psychic organization, Mind MGMT. You're all, you mean mind management? (laughs) Harry's all, no, 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 no. It's short for Mind Manners Granny Manners Tanny. After the popular Welsh nursery rhyme. (laughs) You're all, never heard of it. Harry's all, there's a reason for that. He explains that Mind MGMT has operated from the shadows, erasing all knowledge of its existence. And now a former agent, the Eraser, is recruiting to reopen the agency and rule the world. Over the course of some wacky adventures, you and Harry recruit three more companions. There's Perrier who, to your surprise, is neither bubbly nor watery. (laughs) Her writing powers make you secretly resentful. Dusty is from the dusty part of the world, and his music can hypnotize innocent teenagers into sacrificing their lives for ill-advised ideological causes. (laughs) And then there's Duncan, the most suitably named of the group, very Duncan-y. He's a Duncanish man. He can see 15 minutes into the future, like most Duncans claim. <laughs> like a proper psychic infiltration squad, you parachute into Shangri-La, the former headquarters of Mind MGMT, where you hope to obtain the master list of the agency's former agents. You're ambushed by a squad of immortals. 
psychic people who believe they cannot die. Except unlike most human adolescents, the strength of their belief is supported by actual not dying. (laughs) There's a psychic battle, which is, to most observers, indistinguishable from a (laughs) dance-off. While the psychics are doing a funky chicken synth remix, you head deeper into Shangri-La. There you meet an observation monk recording the history of the world. You're all cultural appropriation much. (laughs) The observation monk is all, oh yeah? What do Buddhist monks do? And you're all, okay, fair. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. know. (laughs) You look through the monk's history of the world, which reveals that Henry, Harry, Harry, has mind wiped you a whole bunch of times. (laughs) You confront him. Harry explains everything, leaving out absolutely nothing. (laughs) As a kid, you were raised in Zanzibar. Harry was deployed there on a mission, during which he had a temper tantrum that psychically induced everybody in the entire city to enact the bad guy plot from both the first Kingsman movie and also Deus Ex Human Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe that's, that's what I missed. I, I didn't have yeah, it was an essential callback. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the city slaughtered each other except for you. Harry rescued you and put you on an airplane and erased everyone's memory, which he's also done about nine times since because he's a pervert who's addicted to the relief of confession. <laughs> You're grossed out, so you leave with Bill, a random CIA agent guy. <laughs> Now you're running psychic ops of your own. You and Bill show up in a small Midwestern suburb, hoping to find a nondescript white woman named Homemaker. Unfortunately, the ubiquity of Midwestern towns, white women, and the patriarchy means you've been looking for months. (laughs) However, in a twist, you've found her, but she's activated every Homemaker's secret fantasy by slaughtering her husband, children, and phony neighbors. At the same time, Harry, Duncan, Dusty, and Perrier are also there, and you suspect it's their fault that Homemaker has been activated. The Eraser is also there, and you get a good look at her for the first time. She's a pretty normal-looking person, and not Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from his best film, The Eraser. (laughs) (laughs) After a tense standoff, everyone leaves with their own group. You agree to work with Harry, but only if he comes clean. Harry explains everything leaving out absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) After your mind wipe, the reason for your survival in Zanzibar becomes apparent. You're actually an immensely powerful psychic who can nullify opposing powers at will. You were trained by Mind MGMT to become an agent, but the agency closed before you could go on many missions. You're all, you mean mind management? (laughs) Harry's all... No, it's short for Metron Goldwyn Meyer 2, an extension of the original Metro Goldwyn Meyer Film Studios. You're all, never heard of them. Harry's all, there's a reason for that. <laughs> for a brief moment, you contemplate the sense of deja vu that has settled over you. You shake some sand from your panties, apply a spritz of Axe body spray to cover up the seaweed scent you can't get out of your nostrils and figure it's probably nothing. reunited with your team you head to germany to preempt the eraser from activating the magician unfortunately you suck at psychic and your presence messes up her magic show because it was real magic as she flees you're all that's cheating magic shows aren't (laughs) supposed to be real magic that's the that's the whole point of a magic show you're being tricked even though you know you're not being tricked (laughs) The magician point. is all, real magic is harder than fake magic. <laughs> You're all, then why don't you do fake magic if it's easier? <laughs> the magician is all, thanks for arguing, now I'm joining the bad guys. <laughs> she gets her revenge by murdering Dusty and Harry and Bill. Well, oh. You are very sad. Yeah. Wait, Harry? You're all... Someone informs you, Duncan, informs you that one of your friends has survived. Mm. You're all, please let it be Bill. Let it be Bill. Very distant second place, Dusty. (laughs) Duncan's all, 
It's Harry. <laughs> That's a bummer. Uh-huh. Harry explains everything, leaving out absolutely nothing. <laughs> he's good about it. Because that. he's such a powerful psychic, he's effectively an immortal. Also, he can kind of tell the future like Duncan. He recommends that you go and learn the secrets of the original immortal, whose powers include not dying, growing fungus in his hair, and smelling bad. <laughs> Duncan is all, she already movie. knows that power. <laughs> <laughs> now shut up, Duncan. You go on some solo adventures, but I can't remember any of them. <laughs> After a while, you've leveled up enough to take on the Eraser in her secret compound in Beijing. The Olympic Village. <laughs> Your squad of ragamuffin psychics is screened by a bunch of brainwashed innocent teenagers who are slowly and brutally vivisected by the bad psychics. Oh, yeah. No one no one like contemplates the morality of that. <laughs> right. Then you're screened by a bunch of innocent animals courtesy of Animal Girl, except most of the animals survive that because Animal Girl has canceled the K2C4K9 deployment suicide program in favor of the K2C4K9 delivery program. <laughs> you reach the top of the compound. Are, are you reviewing like the whole series? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were just doing book one. No. Oh. The Holy Eraser... Name has counted on your appearance. The entire skyscraper is actually a bunch of boards and loose cinder blocks held together with twine and hope. (laughs) She knows you'll nullify its existence, sending you plummeting to your death while she escapes. Except it's finally time for a twist of your own. You plan to bring the tower crashing down while using the eraser's escape plan, so you trick her by holding on to her. That's your plan. Yeah, got her. (laughs) In the aftermath, my MGMT is reformed, but only with good psychics working in tandem to keep each other in check. Duncan and Perrier are now super friends. You and Harry have made up, and you head out to defeat psychic evil. Harry is all, isn't it nice that Mind MGMT is back? As you scratch some sand out of your butt, you're all, isn't it mind management? Harry turns to regard you. In his glasses, you see a reflection of the truth that there is no truth as you knew it, that this has all been a test, an activation of you, the listener's latent psychic powers, and that the ultimate force behind this activation process is... (laughs) The end. I uh, I didn't I haven't read it for like six months, <laughs> <laughs> and I let a friend borrow the books, oh. so uh, I might have gotten like one or two minor minor, de- minor details. Off. I might have Britted just like which means to make a very minor understandable <laughs> mistake. Yeah, understand. Just like one or two little details. Yeah. <laughs> All right. None of us could blame you. Thanks for that synopsis, Dan. You're welcome. I hope everyone now remembers everything. You know, I said Absolutely. it was memorable, but I don't, I don't really remember a lot of those details, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nature of the mind, McMug. All right. Well, I've got... I tried looking up some bad takes. There really aren't actually very many reviews out there that I could find. Um one person that... This was written by Brock Polson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Someone else. Uh, about a year ago, actually. Um, and this person says... So this is the this is about the same as, as most of the um, critiques against... Mind management is that he didn't like the art and he felt like the art let him down in terms of the storytelling. And that was like most people who rated it lower, like that was their complaint. 
This person also After thought that the story wasn't that great either. And then someone else said, read all three shallow characters, orientalist trash for people who found lost satisfying. <laughs> oh, interesting. I that was kind of funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. I felt those were kind of bad takes. I liked I liked the art. Um, what what about you, Brock? You didn't like the book. Was that part of it? I I think the art's incredible. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought the uh, the art was beautiful. Um, I think it's such a such an appropriate way to capture uh, kind of the uh, the fleeting sense of memory. Uh, mm. to have these like jittery, uh, almost pencil scratch outlines and watercolors. And uh, no, I think the art is fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was, that's what I thought too. You know, I, I think that even a lot of the people who didn't like the art, who were critics, got into it after a few volumes. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I read a review um, where early on the critic had not liked the art, mm -hmm. but it, it becomes more appropriate and you get more used to it and you kind of get to the point where you, you're looking for the tricks it's pulling on you. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I agree. I really liked its impressionistic style mm -hmm. that, you know, just like memory, it's giving you, it's giving you impressions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. you're filling in the blanks yourself. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I guess I, I haven't so. read... I've maybe only read just one other graphic novel, and it was Watchmen, mm -hmm. which is good. Um, but I do feel like the um, that with this story, you're supposed to try and fill things in and, and try and figure it out yourself and not necessarily have everything explained to you in the text or in the pictures. Right. Because it is supposed to be confusing, and you're not really supposed to get everything all at once. So anyway... Yeah. Rob, what, what's the core of your dislike? I, I honestly, you know, you know, sometimes I think that a, <clears throat> that a small detail about a work can uh, kind of sour me on some of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think the core of my dis, cause I, I think the art is great. Um, I do think that I think the story is well told. Um, I think that the delivery mechanism is tedious. <laughs> I think that having to turn every page sideways and you know follow <laughs> snippets, and I, I think I felt like it was clever when I started book one, but by book six, I was like, I hate, I hate doing this on every single page almost. Um, that I think that is a big part of it for me is I just, I felt like, Interesting. Uh, I, I, you know, there are times when I, where I am just like, all right, this, you're messing with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like this is, this is disdain for the reader and I won't stand for it. I think I, and would, I, and I, I think I got, I was going to say, I think I got to the point where I would read the main story on the main full page, uh -huh. and then I would go back and read all the side pages okay. instead of doing it on every page. Yeah. I don't know. What did you do? Did you read it as you went? Yeah, but I, I just I just read it sideways. You're just, I don't... You're just a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> you just did it. it. I have kids, and so I am accustomed to reading sideways and upside down. <laughs> so why would I turn the book? It just seemed laborious, and I was, you know, cozy in bed. Because it was small print. <laughs> and I've got a man's eyes. So I looked at it with wow. my man's eyes. With wow. my man's eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. You've got a, you see, you've got a woman's eyes, but you have. Holy smokes. No, you didn't listen to. Okay, look. I just want to say for the record. I have man's eyes. That, okay, since we're going full Rogan, I just want to say that there's a reason that men and women make different amounts of money. Oh, you can't. What are you talking about? All right. I'm that. saying that it's because men tend to take higher paid jobs like lawyer and doctor and engineer, and women take lower paid jobs 
They just tend to like woman doctor, woman lawyer, woman engineer. I think you appropriated that joke. Yeah, I heard that joke <laughs> somewhere, and I, I love it. And I, where that. I don't remember where I heard it, but it's such a good joke. Oh, write us an email, please, dear <laughs> listener. Yeah, if you know if where that still, came from, if you're still here. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, you wear glasses. Good. You can read it. I do wear glasses, but I don't have like X-ray vision like you, braggart. <laughs> I don't have X-ray vision. You have very good vision. Stop bragging. Great work. You got a man's eyes. Oh my gosh. Man's eyes over here. Anyway, some great eyes. That's not a thing, everybody. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know more about eyes than I do. Are there any like gender differences between? No, eyes? I didn't think so. <laughs> There are not. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, well, we'll have to keep All digging right. for the real reason why Dan didn't mind. Just <laughs> have I been brainwashed into being alt-right? <laughs> Did this book activate me into being a crypto fashy? Wow. I totally yes. have uh, want a rough draft for one of my... Uh, one of my uh, Wrong spoilers was about how uh, in the last 20 pages, it becomes a very pro-therapy, but also anti-polyamory uh, screed. Right. <laughs> there's a whole thing about like, you get your one partner and you just you take care of each other. Uh, <laughs> and I, well, I guess I decided not to do it. And then I just decided to. Or did reveal, you? You know, that's a, it. I, I think we need to make Matt Kent answer for that. Why is he opposed yeah. to polyamorous relationships? Yeah. Let's get uh, let's get we, him on the horn. Let's cancel him. Yeah, let's cancel him right up. I feel like this. this that's part this of my alt right. Weird, like off topic. Well, now I'm alt right. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is my MGMT. Oh no, this is not how we want it. Do you have any other discussion points to bring up? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's try to steer Dan into some safer territory, maybe. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. You're who not- owns the world's money? Not- <laughs> <laughs> oh gracious. You guys aren't gonna believe this. It's the billionaires. <laughs> yeah. What? Weird. Uh, today all right. As long as we're off topic. Today I was musing on how bad people are at estimating scale. Um, And billionaires are a good example because someone will compare their job as an engineer to Elon Musk and say, well, if you're saying he doesn't deserve his money, then you're saying I don't deserve my money. And that's just absurd obviously and they make um, like $105,000 a year yeah even yeah yeah exactly yeah uh so somebody today posited that uh <laughs> we can totally cut this out and we pro- I probably will somebody today posited <laughs> that in Noah's time there were probably at least as many people on the earth as there are today <laughs> and what right if there was an extinction level event and there were 7 billion people on the earth <laughs> I think there would be indications that that happened. Or they would, would be no they big bombs or something. Like, right? like all yeah. of their bones. Oh my gosh. Like that's fossil fuels. Like that's yeah. crazy. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, it blew my mind. I think I we thought, should keep this in just because it gets thought, into, I think that yeah. there is an element here that I, I don't think it's too off topic. And here's why. Dan is currently gesticulating wildly with his fingers, just so everyone knows. (laughs) For context. Okay. Here's why I don't think it's totally off topic. My management in part is about believing idiot shit. (laughs) (laughs) And here no, here's why. Okay. So when when I talk about Deus Ex, okay, the video game. Okay. The original Deus Ex, its whole like design idea was what if conspiracies, all of them, were true? Mm-hmm. All of them. Okay. Okay. Wow. And the world that it takes place in is just so unhinged that it ends up being this really great like 
gut check for reality. Because there's like lizard okay. people in the sewers. <laughs> like it's just, it's insane. <laughs> and then you come back here to the real world and there's like none of that. And th- yeah. this book kind of does the same thing. Like it's like the whole like, okay, like a super shadowy psychic thing cult is in charge of the universe or oh blood drinking celebrities are in charge of america you know and it's just like all right but if they're really like a satanic celebrity cult in charge of america why aren't they doing like spells like why can't we see it right right why when you kick down the door of that pizza parlor aren't there demons (laughs) yeah there's no No matter how many yeah, no, 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 matter how, no matter how many times you do it. And to me, that's part of what mind management is about, is taking that to such an extreme that it sort of highlights the problem of using uh, your own individual, like, I don't like celebrities, as the basis <laughs> for determining, like, geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just, like, <laughs> just blaming the media for whatever and just, mm-hmm. you know, claiming that the media as an entity has some sort of power and yeah. Uh, like the ad yeah. man is real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the, the media is not telling us about the lizards. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. The lizards. And everyone's like, what, what, <laughs> what lizards? But not everybody. Cause some people are like, yeah, yeah. Lizards. Yeah. You're right. The media hasn't told us about the lizards. You're like, oh my goodness. But in this, in mind management, there are, that's really, oh my gosh, it's deep. If we're stoned. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Then I'll, then I'll keep it in there. It's a, it was a, it was not a uh, ridiculous tangent. Okay, let's get a little uh, closer to home and talk about what what is mind management or mind MGMT, if you prefer. Uh, <laughs> what is it saying about relationships, you know, and, and about the work that uh, that we put in, you know, to convince people to like us, convince people of our worth. Uh, how much of that is manipulation versus uh you know just being compatible or liking each other i'm afraid to answer because my wife is right here (laughs) (laughs) okay all right for me it's just all fakery (laughs) i have to pretend to be like empathetic i have to pretend to like enjoy kids right yeah really yeah it's it's like Dexter See, when is, he's like, is, we can't, can't discuss this. <laughs> what was that, Brock? It's like Dexter when he's, you know, he's talking about how he has to play all the right roles and he has to go through the motions, you know, even though he's just dead inside. And, uh, I hope I'm not quite that bad. I hope I'm not like Dexter. I hope I you're mean, not I'm describing a little bit like that, but. I like my kids. They're pretty good kids. It's just, it's that kind of surprised me. <laughs> that you like <laughs> that your you own like children? Them. Yeah, because yeah, I don't like other people's kids, like none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one? Not even any? Can you name one? I don't know. <laughs> name a kid. There's some good kids. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's a pretty, like, pretty uh, understandable response. You like your own kids because they look like you. They say some of the same things that you say. I th- I like them in a in a way because they don't look like me. <laughs> I, I think they're turning out better. I hope. <laughs> yeah, so I, you appreciate the upgrade. <laughs> so, what do you think, Summer? Uh, I want to hear more about yours. <laughs> you know, so I I I uh, you know you may have heard. And by which I mean you certainly have heard of imposter syndrome. Oh, certainly. Where uh, many, many of us um, reach adulthood, and we're sort of we we sort of stumble into adulthood like 
walking into a surprise party. (laughs) You go through the door and everyone shouts surprise. And then awkwardly, it isn't even your party. (laughs) Sure. And, but they're acting like it is maybe because they're embarrassed. Right. Like they're like, Oh, Brian, happy birthday. Surprise. (laughs) Hey, Brian, been a long time. And you're like, Oh yeah, it's me, Brian. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and it's like they're faking by interacting with you and you're faking because you're pretending sure. to be Brian and you don't know how you got here. And they say you're 40 and you're like, yeah, I'm 40. No, I'm in my 20s. And it's just bewildering and confusing. And you can't you don't understand why anyone would give you a bank loan, but they do. And we don't have that experience. <laughs> and. And, and adulthood to me is kind of like that, um, where I, I still don't understand, like, how on earth am I this old? <laughs> like, I still think of myself as like a dumb 22-year-old. Mm-hmm. So time stopped when we got married. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but then I, then I see 22-year-olds and I'm like, man, these guys are really dumb. You're actually dumb, right? <laughs> and they're, they're naive and untraveled. Anyway, so I think that, so I think what I'm getting at is that I I feel like it's constructed uh, relationships and the work that goes into them. And that I always am trying to remind myself to do better at it in part by faking my way into it. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to do the dishes. I better fake doing the dishes. And the easiest way to do that is just by doing the dishes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cinema verite, right? Because <laughs> it's not like I'm going to make a hologram or something. So yeah, it's real proper. So that's kind of what I mean. And like, like when the baby cries, I'm like, I'm going to pretend like I know what the hell to do <laughs> to help her feel better. And then like, and then some appreciable percentage of the time it works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Does that make more sense? Spouse? I, I guess so. You don't do that? You really just feel like, so, so is this a nature versus nurture question, Brock? Like how much of yeah. a relationship is natural versus like. Or, you know, when I. Artificiality. Yeah. You know, I think about like the, uh, you know, the kindnesses that we, uh, that we perform for each other and like, you know, and it's one of those, uh, it's like the yips where you start to overthink your, uh, your baseball swing or something and like putting too much thought into it. You start to go like, Oh, is this, is this what I am supposed to do? Like, am am I, am I showing empathy because I, because I know I should, is it because I, want to avoid causing pain? Is it because I'm a good person? Is it because I want to be seen as a good person? Um, you know, the, the uh, and, and I think that, you know, by magnifying that with mind management, where you have characters who can, who actually can read minds and anticipate someone's needs and actions, uh, and then they, you know, that character starts to doubt their own uh, sincerity or this, the, you know, the uh, realism of their relationships. Well, did I, you know, is this an actual relationship or is it something where I manipulated this person into loving me? Um, I think by magnifying it in a, uh, you know, in a supernatural way, uh, it, it does kind of speak to a human experience of second guessing yourself in a relationship, you know, and, uh, you know, wondering if, if you are, if you're doing the right thing in the relationship, because, you know, it's the right thing to do, or if you are, you know, performing, if you are saying, well, I don't know what to do with this kid, but this is what I've seen happen. This is, this is what I think is the right thing. Just go for it. Yeah. And I, um, I think it's a, it's a kind of weird examination of that, uh, you know, that imposter syndrome about 
we have these grown up relationships. I have three kids and they, we had a, we had a big, long discussion uh, today about uh, gender and how gender is a spectrum. And we, uh, you know, we just had this and, you know, and I'm stumbling through it, trying to, well, I'm the dad. So my role is to know stuff. So here we go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, um, you know, they're in elementary and middle school and things are going to only get more complicated. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm building the stairs as I climb them. Right. Or I'm, I'm uh, sure. learning it as I go, trying to stay one step ahead of these dang kids, <laughs> these dang kids at my kid's school. I wonder if that's why a lot of people were uncomfortable with the story, like the people that didn't like it because it made them, you know, because it is such a, um, an extension of real life, but to the mm-hmm. extreme, you know, it, it can really make you examine those things and that can be hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had read a, I read an interview um, with Matt Kent uh, in which he talks about that the relationship between Maru and Harry is the Henry. It is Henry. Is it Henry? It's Henry Lime. Okay. <laughs> so the, the relationship between, is it really? Yeah. Oh. It's Henry, isn't it? I believe, I believe that it yeah. is Henry Lime. Yeah. <laughs> Google it Let's up. Look it up. Let's check it out. Henry Lime. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Henry. <laughs> um so the relationship between Henry and Maru is kind of the central relation. That, that's what the entire thing is built around. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think that there is some natural discomfort there because of the degree of, uh, you know, gaslighting has become an overused term. Yeah. Uh, I see people using it in all sorts of contexts that do not apply <laughs> about inanimate inanimate objects and like yeah like, <laughs> like oh man my craft mac and cheese is gaslighting me yeah <laughs> there's no real macaroni in here <laughs> cockle shell pasta in my butt best tasting what <laughs> even in the context of relationships i see a lot of people being like gaslighting and in it it's not um but i mean by any definition of the word henry is doing a ton of gaslighting yes at like a psychic level mm-hmm. you know right. he's you know he may have good intentions he may be trying to protect maru all sorts of things that doesn't change the fact that there is some degree of real manipulation, literal memory modification, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you're saying, Brock, that kind of in the same way that a lot of comics do, where they'll take this real world conflict and then give it an expression that's fantastical. Uh, like, you know, a classic example, of course, would be X-Men and civil rights, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this is kind of, this is doing that. Uh, in many ways for for relationships and the ways that we influence each other um, through our words or through advertising, you know, and it's taking that influence and making it enormous and literal instead of kind of this vague discursive influence. Um, And so, so Henry, I almost said Harry again, Henry (laughs) is taking kind of that gaslighting and making it very literal. Mm -hmm. He's not just being like, Oh, that didn't happen. Maru. He's literally like wiping out her brain. And, you know, so I could see there being a lot of discomfort with this idea of this relationship. And I, you know, I never got a hint that it was, you know, a sexual relationship. To me, it was that, you know, they're colleagues. They're both uh, very talented, very close because of their shared trauma. But there is that unbalance uh, in their relationship early on. And I could see a person being uncomfortable with the overall arc of this story leaning toward reconciliation, Mm -hmm. especially because right now we have this moment where I think so many people are discovering the ways in which they've been vulnerable without realizing it. And so there's this attitude. And I, I think this attitude is right in many cases of get away from toxic people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think that's right. 
you know, if you're listening and you're in a toxic relationship, maybe get out of it. Yeah. But I do think that this book posits that sometimes there is something worth salvaging uh, and that we're all influencing each other. We're all gaslighting each other a little bit. Yeah. We're all using each other a little bit and we can't even help it. Um, that, 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 that the psychics in this universe are so potent that they can't help but harm one another, which I think actually speaks a lot to how relationships work. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you're, sometimes you're neglectful or sometimes you're kind of overbearing. Uh, sometimes you say something that, you know, will hurt your partner and maybe you meant it as a joke and, and we're always kind of influencing each other on that level. And that, that doesn't necessarily, that toxic can also kind of like gaslighting be one of those things that we is just so over applied mm-hmm. that sometimes reconciliation <laughs> and building a relationship is worth it. And the difficulty of a relationship is being able is, is navigating that difference. Yeah. You know, we're all going to do, we're all going to do good to each other and harm to each other and we need to figure out which relationships are worth fostering and which we need to sever. Um, so I, I think that what you're asking, Brock, is very perceptive in that regard. What do you think, Summer? <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking me. And I, I agree. I think I was pretty perceptive when I asked that question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I asked a really good question, and I, I did a great job, and I'm a good boy. Uh, he only no, asked it because he, he, so. <laughs> he asked it because he wanted approval, and he's getting it. <laughs> yeah, we approve that, exactly. <laughs> I'm gaslighting you into approving of me. Well, I think I think that uh, I I agree. I think you're right, and that you know at at the end it was all about having a partner to make sure that you know all those that you're checking and balancing each other, and that's what that is what a good relationship is is that. You know, sometimes someone will be mean or on the other spectrum be really sad and the other person needs to help them get out of that and point it out or, you know, be empathetic at that time when they're sad or, you know, when they're mean, realize that it may not be totally personal and try and talk about it and converse and work it out. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like, the end of the, the end of it. I, I don't know. No, I think you're right. And I think that, <clears throat> I think that the inverse is true too, that sometimes you get big and powerful and you need someone to bring you back to earth. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's someone who builds you up when you're small or someone who shrinks you down a little bit when you're big, yeah. that that's, that should be the function of a partnership, whether that's a spousal type partnership or a good friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just because, and be, because someone's breaking you down doesn't mean they're bad. And because someone's building up you up doesn't necessarily mean they're good. Um, they have to do it at the right time. So that's why that partnership is so important. And what's bad in the book is letting everything influence you. That instead of no- these natural relationships, you have kind of this very carefully curated government agency-like institution <laughs> yeah. around you. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not saying it's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it but, could be uh, other social media too. It could also be MySpace. It could be but, any of the social media that Facebook owns. <laughs> but I do think there's something there that there's there's this hint about, you know, healthy relationships are those that will build you up at the right time and 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 kind of bring you back down to earth at the right time, as opposed to those that are institutional um whether that be government or the cia wiretapping you or your church or social media that those really aren't the partnerships that you should be that you shouldn't be maximizing their influence on you Um, yeah i i don't know if that's uh what matt kent meant uh, but that's kind of what i got out of it maybe because we're in such a hyper social media (laughs) Where it's influencing right. my <laughs> uncle to believe in lizards. Uh, <laughs> Just as a random example. Yeah. No, he doesn't literally believe in lizards, but he's a 
but he's a sure has some wacky ideas. He doesn't believe in the vaccine. He believes in vitamin D. And then guess what? He almost died of COVID. So (laughs) (laughs) went to the hospital with a stroke, except, oh, it was COVID. Um, Oh, gosh. And of course, they were like, why do you have so much vitamin D in your system? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and no COVID vaccine. <laughs> right. You asshole. There's room. There's room in here for the vaccine. It's like Jello. <laughs> Do you know the vaccine yeah. still yeah. Yeah. The vaccine fills in the cracks in between the vitamin D particles. Yeah. It's good to have a good uh, a foundation of vitamin D and then you layer on yeah. the vaccine. Why not have both? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or K no less dose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it no that's i think that uh feels like a very good uh summation of uh you know some of the some of the ideas about relationships um and, and i yeah i think you stated it really well um you know really just the efforts we go to go through just ho- hoping you know hoping we're doing the right thing in relationships and needing a partnership where you, um, you know, maybe where you try and fail, but where you apologize and keep trying and keep improving, you know? Yeah. that's hard. Um, and sometimes things blow up like when a homemaker's involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting uh, to hear you say that. <laughs> Why? Are you the homemaker? Who's the homemaker? <laughs> I, I was just making a joke. <laughs> I feel like, see, like here's a good example right now of a relationship where we're like, are you gaslighting me? Are you toxic right now? Is that... <laughs> Was that a toxic no. gaslighting comment? No. I'm, I'm kidding. It's because it's... Dan thinks he's the homemaker. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dan. Do you Dan think you're a sleeper agent? You know, okay. Not right now. But we recently <laughs> had like three COVID scares in a row, including actually getting COVID. It was awful. Yeah. And, uh, it meant, and it coincided with the end of Christmas break. And oh, so. Right. My kids were home for like a straight month <laughs> and summer was still going to work and I was not. Yeah. And so, yes, I was normally we split the duties pretty evenly, but I was like 100% homemaker <laughs> for like a straight month. And yeah, I was getting a little like, yeah, he's getting a little nuts. <laughs> I'm going to host a barbecue and I'm going to poison them all. And I'm going to light the gas main on fire and I'm going to gun down the neighbors. You know, not that extreme, but I knew, right. but I knew what the homemaker was feeling. <laughs> I was like, screw the patriarchy. I'm going to kill the patriarchs. Yeah. Yep. You got it. <laughs> oh, dear. oh man. Yeah. That's good. So, I mean, that, that, brings us right into the next discussion topic um, is about uh, mental health and what what mind management says about managing our mental health. And uh, I think that a lot of this is tied to, uh, you know, some similar messaging with relationships. Um, But I think that they're uh, I think there are some things happening in in these books uh, with regards to attitudes about mental health and the way we approach uh, treating people. And uh, I am just curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I don't know if the book said it or not, but gosh, if you have some mental health issues, get some help. <laughs> Yeah, there you I go. think there is that strain, right? <laughs> don't go alone. Yeah, it's dangerous to go alone. Henry, I'm talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> that poor, sad, broken man. Yeah, 
Harry Lime. Henry. <laughs> Harry Lime. You feel so unseen, that Harry Lime. Harry, I see wow. you. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> Making it worse. <laughs> Was there a thought rattling around your cage, Brock, that you, you know I, mental health? Um, I, I think mostly just the... Uh, I, I guess kind of the power of, of our minds um, that, uh, you know, I think about the immortals and how their, their power just lies in, in believing that they can't be hurt, you know, and can't be killed. Yeah. And, and I think our self-talk uh, tends to be much more in the opposite direction. Uh, and our, our minds tend to believe the things we, we think and tell ourselves. Um, and I think that, uh, I, I, am not advocate advocating for it on its own. Um, but I do think self-talk can be very powerful, uh, for overcoming, um, mental health struggles. Um, I also, uh, feel very strongly that just about anyone could benefit from some talk therapy and uh, getting those uh, getting those thoughts out in the open with someone who will not judge and uh, is you know essentially there to hear you and help you hear yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think that you can't really you can't really look at a piece of fiction that's about uh, psychics and the power of the mind without tying a lot of it to psychotherapy and mental health attitudes and things. Um, and uh, yeah, I think a, a lot of little things, not necessarily one, you know, one big overarching thought, but I think, yeah, the, the, uh, the power that your your own mind holds over the rest of your body, I think, is a big uh, a big part of this uh, story. <clears throat> yeah, and um, any institution that's being like, "Oh, you think this? You should think more of it, and more of it, and more of it." <laughs> that may not be a good thing. <laughs> Are you slamming WebMD? <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> specific to WebMD. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got a pimple, huh? That might be a sebaceous cyst caused by cancer. <laughs> oh, no, I got cancer. Oh, great. Yeah. I was thinking more like religious institutions or weird political parties. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fairy tales... um. <laughs> uh so i mean we already talked about the art style oh um so i know i i did say these are tedious um but what it uh what it brought to mind um do do either of you know uh who ryan north is yeah okay ryan north dinosaur <laughs> comics okay yep. uh great great writer very funny uh, so he, I think his run ended recently, but he did a really good run of Squirrel Girl for Marvel Comics, okay. um, where he kind of, uh, you know, he, he wrote just some fantastic stories uh, for, for Squirrel Girl. And one of the things he used really well uh, were the editor's notes at the bottom of the page. Uh, you know, so it's something that gets used sparsely, I think, in other superhero comics. But on almost every page, Ryan North would include some kind of bonus joke or some interesting thing uh, as an editor's note at the bottom mm-hmm. of the page. Uh, and I think he did it really well. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like how Matt Kent did it. Uh, <laughs> 
So I just needed to reiterate, <laughs> Squirrel Girl is great. Uh, I don't like turning my books, apparently. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think well, Dan's comment the... on that was be a man and don't turn it. Just read it that's, sideways. You yeah, fool. That's true. <laughs> my, it was not be a man. It was just use your eyes. You, in my case, my man eyes. I wasn't saying man to indicate sex. I was using man to indicate adulthood. You use your woman eyes. Brock, Got use it. your man eyes. Got it. I'm making okay. assumptions. I know. Yeah. But I'm pretty uh, sure I know your pronouns. Uh oh. Our child's rice bag is totally out of heat. Oh, bummer. Guess you better go heat it up. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more discussion yeah. points, Brock? Gotta get heat in that 